And knowing that this thing came directly from my brain and I know that it's going to help somebody either become healthier, happier, more fulfilled and, and amplify their quality of life. That to me is just, it makes me so fired up knowing that in the age that we live in today, that I can literally just go from on that whiteboard to then take this thing out and share it with the world. And it has potential to be seen by millions of people. That to me is a wild concept and it creates a sense of urgency of I'm doing the world a disservice if I don't share this. What's up? My name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive On Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive On Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive and Life podcast. And today I'm pumped to bring on one of my good buddies, Dom Fusco. He is a content creator, entrepreneur, athlete, and so much more. And we're going to get right into it. If you want to listen to more of Dom's story, go to episode 143. Uh, we had him on the show before, and I'm bringing him back on because he just moved recently to Austin, Texas. How's it been so far? It's hot, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was people are you like, knew that though. People are like, you moved to Austin in July. I was like, yeah, you know, might not have been the, I don't know. No, man, that's the, be, that's the best time to come because then you're like, if you can make it through the summer, you know that this place is somewhere for you because I feel like a lot of people yeah. don't do that. And then they get to their first summer and they're like, holy shit, should I have done, <laughs> should I do, should I have done this? Should I go back to wherever I, I came from? But right. It's all, it's all up here. It's all uphill from here now. It's a natural sauna. That's all it is. So speaking of that, my sauna, uh, during the summer is 130 degrees, just sitting out there, I, not even on. So when I go to turn it on at like 8 PM at night, it's at, sitting at 130 before I even turn the sauna on. What do you crank it up to? 201. Typically. There you go. There you go. Because I quit, I count for like when I open the door and it might drop a little bit. So that 201 probably goes down to like 195 and then back up to, to 200 when I'm sitting in there. Uh, I've noticed that if I put it at 205 or 210, like it starts to like singe my hair a little bit and I feel a little bit different and I don't like that. So I found that like 200 is, is the prime for it. So are you every day in the sauna? Typically every night. Yeah. Every night. I've okay. switched to... It used to be probably at like 4.30 p.m. I would do it, and then I would eat dinner right after. Now that Aiden is in my life, I've switched it to after dinner because he'll go to sleep around 7 or 8. So as soon as that happens, Aaron and I have a lot more flexibility to kind of either lift or sauna, do ice, hang out, whatever it is that we want to do. But now that you're here in Austin, Texas, it's kind of funny because you're staying with our buddy Noah and you're currently living in my old podcast studio. So for those people listening out there right now, I've built a podcast studio in my home. And before that, I had a podcast studio in Noah's apartment. So he has a two bedroom at a local place here in Austin, Texas. 
and I was basically running one room to operate my podcast out of. Dom is now living in it. How's that experience been so far? Well, I it, it's been great, honestly. I so the what, first what, you said you were sleeping on. So what? I <laughs> I got this thing called it's called a Japanese floor mattress, and I had no idea what it was until my mom was like, "Hey, I know you're going to be staying at Noah's at you know a couple weeks after you after you get down there." Um, it's as opposed to like getting an air mattress. It's basically just like, you know, like a mattress topper, mm -hmm. that you, like just like a big memory foam thing. So it's, it's kind of like that, but it's not memory foam. It's just like a big, thick, it's like a thicker, not, it's like thicker than a, one of those mattress toppers, but like not as thick as an air mattress. Does it roll up or like what's yeah, the yeah, yeah, advantage of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can roll it up. You can put it in like a, came with like this big like bag. So it's like really portable and I just literally got it. It's like probably like that thick, you know, like six, eh, not not six, probably like four inches thick and just light on the ground. And I have a blanket and a pillow, put it in the corner and I'm good. Could I'm, you put this like in a car or a truck and it would work? Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like this is definitely something that like- So every entrepreneur up. out there- You need a Japanese floor mattress. <laughs> I will be I will be an advocate for it. 100%. Have you noticed the drop off in your sleep or how is the sleep actually, do you track your sleep at all? So I took the whoop off actually. So I had a whoop for a year and then I was like, you know, teetering with, okay, do I want to renew this? Do I want to take it off? What do I want to do? So I decided I didn't want to wear it anymore because I got so caught up in the data, caught up in the metrics that I was like letting the device dictate how I felt every morning. And I do think there's so much value in wearables and tracking data for your health. Like I'm always looking for, you know, feedback and, and data in my own health. But I wanted to get back to just like being the ultimate the determiner of how I felt, you know, when I woke up in the morning versus like, oh, I feel really good but why did I get a 27% recovery or, you know, I'm feeling really sluggish, but I got an 85% recovery. So honestly, over the past couple of weeks, I, I'm a very, like from the time I wake up to like the time I go to bed, like I'm like a boom, 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 I'm on. But when it's time for bed, like I'm ex like, I'm exhausted. Like nine, nine o'clock comes around and I'm like a vegetable. So I've been sleeping actually really well. And I'm also trying to get used to just like, novelty like new weird things in my life so i'm like if i can sleep two months on this thing which is it's comfortable don't get me wrong but it's not as comfortable as like my my bed with like a nice mattress topper and like uh like back at home so if i can get if, I, if i'm able to like sleep good anywhere then like I don't know. It's like this weird concept in my life of like trying to introduce more like minimalism. Like I don't need all these um, devices. I don't need all these like fancy flashy, not that like a nice bed or whatever isn't like, is good because there's a lot of value in that. But I'm like, you know what? I've been sleeping really, really good on basically the floor for the past like two weeks. And I've been waking up feeling like really refreshed and rejuvenated. So I'm like, all right, once I actually get a, get a place and, and get a nice bed. Like my sleep's going to be <laughs> off the charts. I love that. It's really just taking an itemized look at your life of what do you actually need? 
Mm-hmm. What are the must-haves? Mm-hmm. Now, I would consider a nice bed a must-have like 100%. for the long run. 100%. But if you know, it's such an advantage if you know that I can go in sprints with almost nothing. And it's such a peaceful revelation, I feel like. My wife and I talk about this a lot. We don't need anything else. You literally could take everything that we have as long as we have each other away from us and we're still going to build and get anything else that we want, would truly want out of life. And it's such a peaceful feeling. Did you have any anxiety or nervousness about moving here? Yeah, for sure. My whole entire family is on the East Coast. I'm really the first one. I'm, I'm the oldest of four kids. I'm the oldest of all of my cousins. And nobody in my family has really ever done anything like this, like just, you know, kind of spontaneously like moved away. And, um, you know, I don't come from, my mom is now an entrepreneur. So let, let's dig into that. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Why do you think no one in your family has, has followed that thread? Well, my dad's side of the family, they are all like South Philly, Italian. They don't like to travel very much. You know, they kind of like to stay in one place. They stick to what they know and, and the norm and things like that. And also like um, they're all like blue collar workers, you know, so they always like were just there where the work was. And then my mom's side of the family, like she comes, she has seven kids or she's one of seven kids. Um, we have a pretty big close knit family. And like, that's just always been like kind of like a staple, like for us, like my grandparents, they always, um, you know, my grandmother, um, you know, rest in peace. Like she always, she was very big on like just keeping the family together. She had this idea, like when I was a kid, she was talking about like wanting to move my whole entire family to the Barbados. Like, <laughs> like why? So you had or, somebody in your family. So, that, right. Exactly. Is that where you get it from? I, I guess. But again, like she wanted everybody to, to be together there. So like I, to answer your question, I don't really know. I think it's like a little bit of like the fear of the unknown. Um, I think, so I've thought about this. The reason I yeah. asked you is you, you're from Philly and, and so am I. It's, they know what they know. We right. know what we know, which is we have the internet and Instagram and we can see what's out there. Mm-hmm. Now go back to being your age, but 40 years ago. Leaving what you knew was a way bigger risk. And you probably already had kids at my age too. Yeah, way bigger risk. So today, you knew people here in Austin before you even moved to Austin. Mm -hmm. But the ability to do that 30, 40, 50 years ago was much more difficult. Now, was it impossible? No, millions and millions of people have done it. But you had to put in a big effort to do that. And you also, it was almost like, a sentence of being alone because a, a sentence of a certain time of you're going to be alone. Cause if you had like my dad grew up, he had three sisters and a bunch of family in Northeast Philly. And then same with my mom. And if you left that, it's like, who, like, how are you going to have somebody like Noah who you're living with to help you out? Yeah. You, you, you don't see it. There's, there's no way to know that that's out there. It's much more difficult. So the friction of it to be able to do that, the resistance is greater or was greater than it is now. Now, the issue that I've always had is the view of 
because we did it a certain way, like that's the way. So fortunately for my parents, like they understood to an extent of what I was doing when I was leaving because I would have conversations with them and be like, oh, if we were in your shoes, we would have done the same thing. Like you have more opportunity Mm -hmm. than we had. And it's like this mutual understanding. Um, So for you, how have you handled, like, because you're kind of saying that you're the black sheep, how have you handled that, like, mentally? Because I know that it's not easy to, one, leave that mentality behind, but then, two, obviously it's your family. Like, you love them, and you want to continue to spend time with them and energy and build upon those relationships. Have you thought about this at all? Yeah, I have, and I honestly think that deciding to move and putting it out there to my family, like, Hey, end of June, like, I'm moving, I'm moving to Austin. So like kind of putting that out, deciding that and putting that out there into the world. So it kind of had like, it was like three months from the time when I decided that I was going to move until like the time that I was going to move. And it, there was, it, it was like, Oh, it makes more sense to wait a couple more months or do this, that, and the other. Um, but for me, I was like, no, like I just, I, I want to move now. Like my, my will be roommate. Well, that's why I'm staying with Noah for the next, uh, you know, little over a month until he rides his lease out and then we get something. So we're starting to look right now, but I was like, I don't want to wait. Like, I, I'm just going to figure it out. People, so people were asking me like, oh, do you have a place to stay? Like this, and the other. I was like, no, I'm just going to go and I'm going to figure it out. And so I, for the first like two and a half weeks that I was down here, I lived in like four different places. I was actually house sitting and pet sitting. Shout out to a mutual friend, Corey Hibben, put me onto this thing called Trusted House Sitters, where you can apply, you, you pay, it's like 160 for the year. And then you could become a sitter on the website. And so you can go in and look at different places all around the world and people like market like the, the dates that they're going to be away, the days that they're looking for somebody to come watch their, stay at their house, watch their pets, take care of the pets, tells them like, you know, this is where we live. This is, these are my pets. This is what you have to do. The, yada, yada, this and the other. And so I signed up to be a sitter, created my profile, did the whole background check and whatnot. And then I just started looking at like dates where I was looking, I was thinking of moving. So I found one for like it was like June 29th to like July 5th or something like that. And this that. is just an even trade. Like you stay at our house for free, take yep. care of our pets, and then, then good to it. go. That's it. Yep, exactly. So it's like $160 for the year. So I'm like, you pay more than that for like one night in a hotel room. Yep. So I was like, this is great. So I found a place uh, or, you know, I applied to like 10 different places and I didn't have any like references at that point. So it's like harder to get accepted for like your first couple or whatever. But um, you know, it's really nice young couple. They were going to Mexico. They had two dogs. Uh, so they reached out and they're like, Hey, you know, we saw your application, love to chat. So hopped on a FaceTime call with them and we're really just vibing out. And I was like, Hey, by the way, like my mom is going to make this trip with me from Philly to Austin. So we drove down and we made like a three day trip out of it. So we went from Philly to Nashville, Nashville to Hot Springs, Arkansas, Hot Springs, Arkansas to Austin. So really fun little road trip there. And I was like, do you mind if my mom comes and, and stays there with us? You know, like we have two dogs at home, blah, 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 this and the other. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. So my mom now had a place to stay for the, you know, because she wanted to come down. She wanted to stay in Austin and experience that. So we got here and it was like four, uh, like four days that she stayed in Austin. So 
got to spend like a week of really just like me and my mom listening to podcasts, having great conversation, showed her around Austin. She got to meet a bunch of my friends and it was like, it was so cool. So I did that and she stayed for a couple of days and then they came back from Mexico. And at that point I had already lined up like another house sit that just like happened to perfectly align from like, okay, that one ended July 5th. The next one started July 5th and went to the like 10th or 11th. And then from there, like I, uh, my guys from Upspace, my, my company, they came down for our quarterly meetup and we had an Airbnb. So then I jumped to the Airbnb for like four or five days. And then after that, been staying with Noah. So I was in like, within like a two week span, I was staying in like four different places, but it just shows like, if you put something out there into the world, you're like, things will just, it's like the The law of attraction, law of attraction. Right. And so the alchemist is like one of my favorite books of all time. And it's like, when you want something, the whole universe conspires to help you get it. And so like, I'm a firm believer in just like putting like what you want to accomplish out there into the world. And you know, it one, it'll force you to take action and things will just start to align. But going back to your initial question, circling back to that, it created this sense of urgency of like, okay, I'm only going to be here in Pennsylvania for three more months. So theoretically, I was like, I really would only see my dad like once or twice a week when I would go up there, you know, on Sunday nights for dinner because him and my mom live like 30 minutes apart. So it was like every Sunday dinner with my dad, even though like, okay, you know, I have a bunch of stuff to do or I'm tired. I don't really feel like driving up there taking the afternoon to, to do that. But I was like, no, I don't know how many, like, or I do know how many more of these I have before, you know, I'm going to move to Austin. So it was like every Sunday, like I made that a point to like be there, be present, not focus on other things because I knew like how special that time was. I knew like, okay, like my, my siblings, I have three younger siblings, my sister and my two brothers. I was like each day that I have with them, each time I have with them, like, I, I want to make it like special. I want to go like get lunch, get breakfast, like go for a walk, like take my brother to the skate park, like go to his skateboarding competitions um, that he competes in. Like all of those things, like I, I just felt like a, a deeper like appreciation for my family and, and my friends and the people around me up there and not being so focused on like growth, growth, like accomplishments, this, that, and the other, knowing that all that stuff will come because now being down here in Austin, like I've been in just like a season of like doing like stuff like this all the time, meeting up with people, like working a lot, uh, all things that I love, but I kind of put my own ambitions slightly on pause to just be really present with the people in my life in Pennsylvania. And I'm really glad I did that because I made some really, really strong memories just in those, in those three months. Very wise of you to do that. It's not easy. It's, it's simple to think about in theory. Okay. I have three months left, but it's very hard to actually take action on that because when you are a go-getter, even in those moments that you were still in Philly, you definitely have this thing looming in the back of your mind. Like, Oh, I could be pushing the needle forward. What I've realized in life when I think about my past is you were an athlete, you played football and other sports. There were seasons. Then we get into entrepreneurship and you look around and nobody's playing a seasoned game. They make you, it almost like it's this, this is the toxic side of 
this world. It's you now trade working nine to five, five days a week for six to six or eight to eight, seven days a week. And you can't turn off. And I had to really reflect when I moved on how I was showing up. And, And recently it's been a major shift for me, like seeing my parents with my son on how I have messed up over the years and how I haven't taken the approach that you just said. There would be, I would go two months without talking to my parents. And when I think back, the reasons for that are so trivial. I can't even think about like, why did I not just pick up the phone? But there was always a reason. Oh, I'm rushing to this thing or I got to get this thing done or I got to go do this. And something that changed it for me was hearing Jesse Itzler talk about, I'm sure you've heard this, where it's just, if you, when you live away from your parents or your family, how many times do you see them in a year? If I, if I told myself I'd see them twice in a year, it's like, okay, how old are they? The average age is 85. So if the average age is 85 and they have 20 years left, you're only going to see them 20 times two, which is 40 times. I, I still remember to this day when I heard that Aaron and I were getting married June of, uh, 2018. And we were staying kind of like you, we were staying, um, she had an internship in North Jersey and we were staying in this like hotel place that we we normally like wouldn't stay at. Um, but it was just, it worked for what we were doing. And I heard a podcast where he said that and it changed my whole perspective on life. Was it the Joe Rogan one? It it must've been. So that's where I heard it. Yeah, Yeah. it must've been, um, something like that. And it, it, it stopped me in my tracks when I heard that. Um, and I think it might have been Tom Bilyeu. Mm. Might have another, been talking to Tom. I can't remember. Another good one. But yeah, it stopped me in my tracks. And the fact that you're already, the fact that before you got out here and you were already practicing that is, is you're light years ahead of, of the average person. And I just want to applaud you for that because it took me years to understand that. And I would say even more years actually practice it. Cause as soon as you understand it, it's like, okay, what do I do now? I still only see them twice a year. So I started figuring out how can I integrate ways into my life where the time with them is at least quality. Because even when I was with them, it was, I'm distracted, Mm. right? I got to work or I got to take a phone call or I got to do this versus really taking a step back and saying, I don't have to do anything. I get to be in this moment. And how do I want this moment to play out? Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing. Um, so anybody out there that's listening and you're thousands of miles away from your loved ones, my challenge for you right now is to pick up that phone, get on a FaceTime, and make it a cadence. So anytime you're in the car or anytime uh, you find yourself having a gap of time where it's kind of in flux, call someone you love. Uh, let them know that you're thinking about them and it's going to add massive value to your life. I'm going to shift this conversation though, because before we jumped on, you were talking about getting on a whiteboard with Noah. And I have a huge whiteboard in front of me. Noah, Noah lo- knows that I love to whiteboard and we've done numerous whiteboarding sessions before, but you were telling me how you just did a two hour kind of mastermind whiteboard mind mapping uh, for content, for threads, for, was it just threads. It, it like started with just threads and then it just branched out to 
kind of all things content. So awesome. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about here today is like the difference of like when I first met you and having you on the show last year to you doubling down on your content and figuring out different ways to not only scale the virality of your content, but just grow yourself. And what I mean by that is outside of the content, your network and people you're talking to and the communities that you're integrating with, it's been awesome to watch you from afar of you just growing into who you really are and who you want to become. Not everybody knows how to do that though. The how is always the problem, but there's a saying like it's who, not how. And I'm trying to connect people with the who, which is you, instead of them getting overwhelmed with how do I do this certain thing? So I'd love to start with what was the premise of you guys jumping on that whiteboard? So there's one, when there's something new comes out, like there's not many things that have come out that have been like, oh, like there's a new social media platform that like everybody's jumping on right now. And like with whatever's going on with Twitter, like I'm not really on Twitter. I know it's not really on Twitter either, but you know, threads mimics like what Twitter is, but like Twitter's just crazy right now. And you know, there's the, okay, new platform, right? Like how, how am I going to be able to use this? How do I become an early adopter? One, it's like, okay, the, so for some people it's like, oh, this is, this is their chance to you know, really like blow up or whatever. And that's not what Noah and I's like intent with threads was. It was really just to be like, Hey, there's this new thing where we can provide value to our audience. How can we use this in a way that's a little bit different from the way that we use these other platforms? I mean, like really, you know, just Instagrams, like how does this differ from like the content that we create on Instagram? How do we serve our audience in like one, how can we take the value we share here and, you know, create something, basically just something new and different that they're used to seeing from what you're able to do on Instagram. And for, for me, it's a little bit more challenging. Threads is a little bit more challenging because, I mean, you know, my content is mostly like me talking in front of the camera, right? Like I'm a podcaster too. Like I like, I like talking, I like video content. I've always enjoyed writing, but I haven't done a ton of it, especially since I graduated college. I don't think many of us, oh, I mean, you, you do, you're, I read your newsletter, you're, you're constantly writing. Noah's obviously written, he's on his second book, he's going to write, you know, 5,000 books, he writes blogs and articles <laughs> and all that. Like, for him, it's kind of his, like, it, it's a really cool opportunity for him to, like, share his thoughts in a way that he can't just do if he's not going to, like, whip out his camera and just talk, like whip out a thought and, and, and post it, which is like what I do a lot of times for him. It's a way for him to, you know, his brain, like get, get it out of his brain onto paper and like articulate it in a way that he can relate to the average person. So for me, what we kind of came up with was like, Hey, what do I, what is a lot of my content on, on social media? It's a lot of health, health and fitness content. So fitness, nutrition, running, a lot of podcast stuff. But mostly just like, hey, here's how to improve your overall health, happiness, you know, quality of life, things like that. And one way that I'm using threads is I'm actually sharing a little bit more about my journey as like a content creator, as a co-founder of a startup, a little bit more about my story and journey of like how or why health and wellness is really important to me, which I do share on like Instagram, but it's more so 
like how to's versus like, here's how I got this. Here's how I've acquired this knowledge. Here's how I've applied it to my life. But really just the like the behind the scenes stuff of like what goes into being a content creator. Uh, like I shared one the other day of like, I've been creating content for three and a half years and it took me, you know, almost three of those years before I made a single cent creating any content. And like that did, it got a lot of engagement on threads. And then I shared that as like a story on my Instagram story, just like a screenshot of that thread. And people were like, Oh, like, this is interesting. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that you've been creating content for that long. Like kind of just going deeper behind the scenes, like our mutual buddy, Eric Hinman, like he obviously posts a thousand pieces of content a week, but with 17 a day, 17 a day. He is an animal. He's a, he's a beast. But what he's doing with threads, and I talked to him the other day, is like he's really leaning into the like kind of here's how to be a creator, like the you know, how to charge for posts and how to structure deals and how to negotiate and a lot of the things that you don't see from him like from his video content on there so I think threads Noah and I came up with is like sharing a little bit more about the other areas of our life that you don't see on like a day-to-day basis on our platforms like for him I was like dude like you're doing this thing you're you're trying to do the sub five minute mile 500 pound deadlift 500 pound squat you know, you're writing, you're a startup lawyer, or you're a writer, you're a startup lawyer, uh, you do all these things, like, share a little bit more behind the scenes about, like, you know, what your training looks like, how you structure your day, like, you know, talk about why you went to law school, and now you're, a, you moved from Minneapolis to Austin. So here's, here's yeah. the rebuttal to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone out there that's listening to this is going to be like, yeah, but nobody cares about that. Like, them thinking about it's themselves. True. Nobody it's cares true. what I'm doing every day. Mm. How do they break that? Cause you, you've broken it. You don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I've broken it. Like I'll, 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 I literally talk about like, Oh, I took 12 shits today because I'm sick. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. And I love, me. by the way, I, I love that. Like, about, I love that about I, your I post every day of like me in front of the red light or me in the sauna every day. Like every I don't day. like, it's just yeah. a thing. Like it's whatever I, I do it. Cause I enjoy it. How does somebody break through that mental barrier in so, your eyes. So are you are you more so thinking like, okay, we're talking to the person who's like trying to yeah, like become a creator? You're, you're, you're motivating Noah to do that. But yeah. somebody out there right now is a creator that's thinking and listening to this. Mm. Yeah, but why would somebody care about that? Mm. Like that's my rebuttal. Yeah, so I think people are obviously there for the content that you create and the value you provide but they're also there for you, Mm. right? They're there for the person that's sharing the knowledge and information. Like the content that I create, it's not like anything revolutionary. It's not like something you haven't seen before. What, when you like, let's dig even further. Cause I have, I have something that's tip of my tongue, but I want to see if we like connect the dots. Why are they there for you? What do they see in you that they keep showing up for you? What does it do for them? So for me specifically, in the content that I create, I try to picture my or portray myself in a way where like I'm not like an expert. I'm more I'm like I'm just documenting as I learn, and so f- it's basically like giving them okay of like if he can do it, so can I. Bam! It's exactly what I was thinking. Trust. 
Trust. The reason that you want to do this and the reason people care is because you build trust with that person that you're just a human. Yes. And then it actually reaches your ultimate goal. Like Noah's ultimate goal is to help people. My Mm -hmm. ultimate goal is to help people. Your ultimate goal is to help people. Well, I can only help like so many people physically like right in front of me every single day. Mm -hmm. But how many people can I help by them helping themselves just Mm -hmm. because they see my content? Well, see, that's why I... So the the last time I was on this podcast, I was like fresh out of college. It was like two months out of college. I had started my own business, like doing health and online health and fitness coaching. And I was working part-time for the startup, which I'm now came on as a co-founder. Um, and I've really been diving into, but at that time I was like, yeah, I really want to go in on this like personal training online coaching business because that's kind of just like the circle of people that I got involved in. And I was like, oh, these people, they they're thriving in their business. They're making all this money. You know, they're doing it from home. They can work from wherever. Like, this is awesome. Like, that's what I want to do. And, you know, we had great conversation. You gave me a lot of tips and like, I started implementing them and they were working. And I was like, why, why do I not feel like happier? Why do I not feel fulfilled doing this? And it was because I realized I didn't want to be a coach. I didn't want to be a trainer. What I loved doing was being creative and you know, creating content, documenting my journey. I loved podcasting. I love creating YouTube videos, short from content, like whatever it was. A lot of people, you know, don't enjoy that. Like a lot of those coaches, they're like, oh, I hate creating content. I'm like, what? I was like, this is, the, this is my favorite part of the day. Like when I get to create content and share something new that the world has, you know, never seen before. It's like my form of art. And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to lean heavily into this content stuff. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I basically put like, okay, like I I can make a good amount of money doing this, but it's not going to fulfill me because then I'm just going to keep getting more clients and then I'm going to, my schedule is going to be filled and I'm not going to be able to do the thing that I want to do, which is actually create content. So I was, I bit the bullet and I, I made like no money dude for like the first like six, eight, nine, almost 10, 10 months out of college, like I was living at home. So my expenses were really low. I'm like working part-time for like a startup. So I'm making nothing. You know, I had a couple clients here and there. No, I, I didn't, I was very un, much under, undervaluing the, the underpricing myself too. So I was just like scratching and clawing. I was like driving DoorDash on the side just to like make ends meet and things like that teetering with like what it was that I ultimately wanted to do. But I, I, I just kept creating content because that is what I love to do. That's what ignites my soul. That's what lights my soul on fire. And like doing things like this just make me feel so fulfilled. And I realized that, okay, yes, helping one person on their health and fitness journey is fulfilling. But I had like a couple pieces of content here and there that like caught the algorithm and I got feedback saying like, hey, this is this is great content. Can you, can you elaborate on this? Can you create a piece of content around that or whatever? And I started seeing like, Oh, well I can, I can help even more people with be, by being able to, to do content. And ultimately like, that's why I'm really passionate about what, what I'm building with. When with you Upspace. say content, what do you mean? Just c- creation, like in, on Instagram, uh, creating the short form videos, uh, with my podcast, doing the weekly podcast there. I've done some YouTube style vlogs. Just basically, I love the process of like, let me get in front of a white piece of paper. Let me get on a whiteboard and let me just start. Let, let, let me just start. Let me just write some random thoughts that I have out. And that's like, oh, you know, that's interesting. How can I go from that 
to this, to this, to that. And next thing I know, I have an outline and I have a script and I have a shot list. And then, okay, let me grab my camera or let me grab my phone. Let me grab my tripod. Let me go film this. Let me go chop it up, edit it, um, add these little cool transitions that are, you know, my style of stuff, add some cool text to it. And knowing that like this thing came directly from my brain and I know that it's going to help somebody, you know, either become healthier, happier, more fulfilled and, and amplify their quality of life. Like that to me is just, it makes me so fired up knowing that like in the age that we live in today, that I can literally just go from on that whiteboard to then like take this thing out and share it with the world. And it has potential to be seen by millions of people. That to me is like just a wild concept. And it, for me, it's almost like it creates a sense of urgency of like, I'm doing the world a disservice if I don't share this, you know, like one of my, the two like videos that most like went like viral for me. So I got like a million plus views was one was literally, it was like seven things you can do to keep your knees healthy. Super simple. Nothing crazy about it. It was like sleds, tibialis raises, like, um, you know, lunge it, like just super easy things that people have hundred percent seen before, but it was like, Oh, like I, this kid is, he's not an expert. He's just like, they look at my other pieces of content. He's just, he's just out there throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks. Like, okay, I had, he had knee problems and this has helped him. I have knee problems. Maybe this will help me. So that got like a million something plays. And then the other one was, I ran, tried to run a sub three hour marathon. I failed miserably and I'm running on the side of the road at mile 16, just like dying and my my mom and brother are driving alongside the road and they're like come on down like you got this like how are you i'm like i'm like i can't take down any gels i was like i can't drink any water i was like i was like this is awful and so my brother like whipped out his phone and just like videotaped me saying that and my mom was like just like take a deep breath like settle in you got this and you could see like I was like, all right, like I settled in. Like I knew at that point I wasn't going to hit my goal, but like I was just going to keep moving forward, right? And so that one, I got a ton of of positive feedback from because it just showed like my humanness, this, well, right? And the reality is like in that instance, you are the majority of people that are running a ma marathon. The mm -hmm. people doing the sub, sub three are not, they're in the minority. Yeah. So the majority of people running a marathon felt exactly like you feel or they have felt that way at some point and mm -hmm. that's that connection, that trust. That's like, the reason that I was excited for Threads is I feel like we've lost the connection side of content. How are you using Threads? What's been your strategy with it? So I, I've kind of, I, we had this whole whiteboard session and then I got like a couple threads things out there, but I haven't made it into like the routine of like, I'm going to do you know, want to write a book one day. Yeah. I'm okay. Use threads. Okay. Like, <laughs> I got so that's how I view life. Okay. I don't view life like, so when, it, but I can break it down by using you as an example. How many followers did you have the last time when you were on the podcast? Insert IG followers. <laughs> like 2000, 2000. Yeah. 2000. Okay. So you've like 20 X, right? 20 times to yeah. 40,000. Uh, right. Yep. So you literally completely shifted your outlook on what the potential of Instagram could be because of that happening. But the, the thing that scares me about that 
is yes, you put out consistent content, but just like you said, something randomly popped. What's not random is your skill of writing, your skill of telling a story, your skill, your the skills, right? That's not random. That takes work. Like you can't run a sub three hour marathon randomly. It takes practice and a skill and discipline day in and day out. So when I view different platforms, I view platforms that, and it's why like, and I put time into Instagram to, sh to document, but I've never played to the algorithm because I've never been obsessed with a skill that Instagram has taught me. This is just my personal view. How you're getting lit up by doing those videos, that eats at me. It's like, I hate doing that. I literally hate doing it. I just want to do this. I want to sit down and write. I want to have two hours in a day to fucking think and create something that I feel is timeless. That if I handed to somebody, they could use it for the rest of their life. And the reels for me are the exact opposite of that. You see it for a split second, it feeds dopamine, and then it might get seen by however many people, but that's it. Mm. Then it's gone the next day. I'm feeding the beast. Now I still do it, but I'm, and I'm also not downplaying you or anybody else that gets that fire from doing it. Cause that's what I want. That's what Thrive On Life is. I want Dom thriving. Whatever gives you that feeling, do more of it every single day. But I'm voicing my opinion because I feel people out there feel like you have to be on a certain platform or have to do things a certain way. And I want to be the voice of reason. It's just like, I post on Instagram every day. I have for like almost a decade. And my, the only account that I've ever grown more than 10,000 is the main Thrive On Life account, which got to like 15,000. Then I stopped even posting on that. So when people on the outside, they would look on that looking on the outside looking in, it would be like, oh, that's a lot of effort for not a lot of like followers or output. But I've never focused on the followers as the output. I focused on the connections mm -hmm. that I've made in the DMs and who am I attracting? Who do I want to talk to? Not everybody you want to talk to is worth the same. I've brought people like Dom into my life who are worth a lot more than other people just because of how you show up in life. Like you're worth a lot to me because you're helping people and you actually give a shit. You care. You're, you're about your family. You want to be a better man. You want to be a better friend. Those are the type of people I want to attract. Now, they're also sharp people, smart people, like intelligent people. They listen to podcasts. They read things. So in my mind, I was like, what skills do I need to pick up to connect with the type of person that I want to be and be around? And therefore, most of my energy has always gone into like my newsletter or Twitter. I have like 500 followers, on, not even 500 Twitter followers, but I've 4,000 tweets because the skill is what I've been sharpening because when I drop the book or I do some type of, we were talking about movies before, script someday for something, um, I'd love to potentially produce a movie one day about like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, what is the word? Um, hopeless romantic. Like I talk about my relationship with my wife and I've known her since I was 10. Like I'd love to produce a movie or something, especially now that AI can help you do it based on our story. And even if it's just for me, you're talking about art. Huge tangent, 
but I wanted to convey that because when I think about what I use threads for, it's, I'm thinking 20 years ahead. I'm not thinking of how do I gain a bunch of followers on threads right now? That's why most people, they jump from Instagram to like, how can I convert my followers? And then like put up some couple things and like compound that right away versus your advice to know it is spot on. It's that would, that would force him to sharpen his skill even further than he's already sharpened it. And that's going to pay dividends 5, 10, 20, 25 for the rest of his life, 50 years, hopefully more. And when I think of platforms and I think of content, it always comes back to the skill and the connection. Is this teaching me a valuable skill? Like I've seen even in companies that I help build how I can articulate what needs to be done, why it needs to be done and when it needs to be done by so succinctly just purely because I've been tweeting 4,000 tweets. So I can write like, here's a great example that's practical. You want to make money from, I'm going to show you this email right after this too. You want to make money from content? Play fucking attack. Don't play defense. Reach out to companies and say, this is what I can do for you. Here's why it's important. Let's have a conversation. And that's where I've never needed 100,000 followers to do that. Because I can literally write an email and say, here's the type of videos I can produce. Here's the type of copy I can write. Here's the type of people I can connect you with. Here's the type of events I can run. Here's the different podcast conversations that I've had that can literally brand and talk about your, pot, your, your product and your service. And bam, 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 very succinctly, here's the problem I see your company having. Here's solutions to that problem. Here's why I'm the best to do that. Let's have a conversation. Mm. That's all from succinctly writing things or writing newsletters and then piecing together, oh, this skill now parlays into this other thing that I actually need in my life, which is money. We all need it. So when I think about these platforms and I think about the skills and I mean, you're, you're living, breathing, walking, talking this right now, the reels and the ability to gain attention is exposure equals opportunity equals currency. When you grew your exposure, did it open up your opportunities? Oh, hundred percent. When those opportunities came, were you able to convert that to currency? I was. So when you're sitting at home and nine months are going by and you're contemplating your life, the reality of it was you were after the, the one thing that actually unlocks the currency, which is exposure. Now exposure can happen in not just social media. Like you can go to networking events. You can go to community events. You don't even need to post. You just need to expose yourself to the outlet that's gonna unlock the opportunity that you're looking for, and then that unlocks the currency. So to wrap, when I think exposure, I'm not thinking millions of followers per se. I'm thinking I need to expose myself to the skill that's going to unlock writing opportunities and podcasting opportunities and hosting and public speaking opportunities, which then I'm able to convert to currency. I don't want necessarily companies to be like, produce these 50 reels for me because that doesn't light me up. I want to talk to companies about how I can produce a sick podcast ad that actually tells a story about your product and your service. And I'm already wearing your product and here's why I'm the best guy to do it. And then I'd love to public when I'm public speaking, wear that hat like I am now or doing these things. Like what's that worth to you? 
and then unlocking that currency at the other end based on the stuff I love to do. Dude, so much to unpack there. And like, I think what you, you, everything you said there is 100% true. Like I've never been after the number of followers. I've always been after the impact. Uh, the ultimate number that matters to me is 100 million. And 100 million is the amount of people that I want to inspire, empower, and help live fulfilling lives while during my time on earth. Like that is my why, that is my mission, that is why I do what I do. And you know, you talk about, and I think you do this so well, is like you're, you're playing the long game, right? Like you're doing the things that are evergreen. Like you're thinking macro. This podcast, like this shit is, this shit is evergreen. Like somebody can go up and, and look up Don Fusco, CJ Finley, like, you know, 10 years from now, like this, this is still going to be here. So because some, some people might not know exactly what evergreen is, keep your thought, like literally keep it. Here's a direct example. Somebody asked me what sauna I had yesterday. I have a YouTube video of me building the sauna and what sauna it is and why I bought that sauna. So I sent, instead of even answering the text, I just sent them the video. Exactly. So evergreen being something that lives, that lives on that that's going to be there forever, you know, you know, for a long, for a long time, for a long time. Um, so nobody's my reel about, here's five things you can do to bulletproof your knees. Like that shit's going to pop and get a couple hundred thousand plays. But in a week, in in a week, people are going to forget about that. I can make that same reel again. It's 20 seconds. I can make that every other month, you know, three different (laughs) versions, three different places. Exactly. And that's actually a good strategy. It is. That is a very good strategy to do. Dude. I mean, I, our, our mutual buddy, Matt Choi, him and I talk about this. It's like, dude, like he posts, it's the same shit over and over and over again, just in a million different formats and, and, and throwing it out there in different ways. Gary V puts a million pieces of content a day. It's the same shit every single day. And, and Matt views themselves as a media company. What do media companies do? Right. This is what media companies do. They look at the date that they posted something this year, and because they're so massive, they'll just look at the same date next year, change a couple words. And I know this because I was actually in a company that was doing this. Mm. They wrote a blog every single day. And then the next year, all they did was change like one paragraph in the blog, re-upload it to, to Google, send it out in a newsletter. They just reuse the same exact date, the same thing from the go. year before. There you go. So I see the short form content, Instagram, and by the way, I put the same piece of content on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube shorts every day. So I'm putting the same piece of content in three different places. So, you know, instead of seven posts per week, theoretically, if I'm posting one video a day, it's 21, 21 pieces of content per week. So, you know, if you Facebook, Facebook reels, if you want to do that, which I don't do that, but like, you know. 28, like there's just ways to, for, for different touch points to help more people reach more people. You're playing the long game with the podcast. I love seeing that you've dived, dove into doing the YouTube stuff. Like, cause that stuff, it, it takes longer for it to, you know, build and grow, but it's going to continue to be there forever. And you talk about trust. Like that is where I think YouTube and podcast is like the ultimate, like trust. You can't builder. hide. You can't hide. Exactly. So that's why, yes, I put my, my main energy and focus and effort into like my short form content, because for me, I'm trying to go really wide with mm-hmm. my audience right now. Like I'm trying to bring as many people into my ecosystem, into my funnel as possible. But what I really love doing, like the short form content 
really lights me up, but there's nothing more fulfilling for me than putting out a piece of long form content, like a podcast episode that I know there's so much value in. And if people take the time to sit down and listen to even, you know, a couple minutes of that, they're going to extract some great value from the incredible guests that I've had the, you know, the pleasure of and, so and gratitude of having. He, here's here, Let me finish yeah. real quick. YouTube is even more fulfilling than anything that I've, any piece of content that I've ever done. It's the hardest thing to do, but it is the most rewarding. It is the most fulfilling. It's the most fun for me to do, like watching that piece of content go together. I have this vision, right? I, I don't, I, I share this with some people, but like I haven't talked about it a lot. I've just had this concept in my brain called Dom Does World. And it's almost like a cross between like a yes theory mixed with like Zach Efron's down to earth where I'm going around and I'm going to different cultures. I'm going to just uncovering like places and people that you, people you know don't see much about or you don't know much about. And I want to like go into and like have a crew with me, like cameras, filmers, editors, all this stuff. And really like throw myself into these cultures of like, hey, what does it mean to like be healthy? What do you what does it mean to be happy? What does it mean to be fulfilled? And creating something like a piece of content that that's going to inspire people in a way that, you know, some of these channels or these podcasts or these videos and like the two that I mentioned being very big um, you know, drivers for me of, of inspiration, motivation, like I want to be that for other people. So ultimately like what I'm doing with my short form content right now is just getting me reps, getting me reps. It's like what I'm able to do right now. It's what I have the bandwidth for and it's going to help me with my ultimate mission of going even bigger. You know, I'm talking like, yes, long form, long form YouTube series, because I do think YouTube is becoming like literally like the new Netflix, but like even like, you know, creating these documentaries, creating these like films. But right now it's like the scripting, the outlining, the, the shot list, the filming, the editing, the transitions. I know. And I just realized this recently. I'm like, Oh wait, like just because I'm not doing that thing right now, just because I'm not going to like, you know, the Patagonia mountains and like filming some crazy video there. I'm building the reps right now so that I'm, I'm be able to do I'll it. be able to do that. I'm 24 years old in 10 years. I'll only be 34, you know, like the amount of things that I could know I can accomplish in 10 months, let alone 10 years really excites me. Yeah. So where I was going with my kind of cutting into what you were talking about was the conflict and how do you resolve it of these things that light you up and how to spend time in those different areas? I think that's a huge struggle for a lot of people because you were talking about your top of funnel reels, which light you up and they also grow your following. So I want to be very clear because I, that's where I fail is just like if I had more top of funnel content that did kind of follow more of what the algorithm likes, my podcast would grow. My YouTube would grow. I know that. So I want to make it known that I know that because on the outside, again, people might see it's like, oh, a, lot, a bunch of hard work is not really being validated. But I'm not willing to sacrifice that light up. I'm still trying to find it. And I'm okay being patient even eight years ahead of you at 32 of I haven't found that, that, that short form that could blow up that really like lights me up. And I'm okay with that. For you, it's been the opposite. You, when, when you came and visited and then you left, like you found that thing that lit you up and it's just like, okay, boom, there it goes. And 
I'm speaking to this because there's a lot of players in our game and it's very easy to compare. And you're spot on with the reps now are going to lead to what you could do in the future. It's such a hard thing to practice though. So how do you understand where your time should be each and every day based on the content you're trying to produce? How do you know today is like, okay, I'm producing reels versus YouTube versus podcast. Yeah. So I haven't done as much YouTube content recently. Like the last couple of videos that I had done were when I was training to do the sub three marathon. So I was like every other week I was putting out a vlog because I was also putting out daily content and a weekly podcast and I didn't have an editor at that time. I'm also like building a startup right now. And I also had a couple clients that I was training at the, at the time too, while also, you know, not to mention all the time that goes into just training, um, which you know, you talk about like burning the candle at both ends and just completely realizing like, okay, my body, my mind are, are shot and everything else in my life is starting to take a hit too. Like that's a you know whole nother thing. But that time of like really just doing as much as I possibly could and seeing what I could fit on my plate I think getting to that like burnout point was a good thing. Finding your upper limit. Right. Because I think we place a limit on ourselves and we never get to that limit. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to do this because I'm afraid of burning out. Oh, I don't want to do this because like I'm afraid of burning out. I'm not telling you like burnout is a good thing, but I'm saying like, I think we're capable of doing a lot more than we think. And it also kind of filters out the things that are most important. So when I got to that point, I was like, okay, what are the things that one, like I really enjoy doing two are the highest leverage that are, you know, providing me the most amount of value that could be, you know, in terms of like connections, relationships, money, um, time, health, like, like whatever else. So I kind of had to like see and, and make a priority list of what I felt was the most important things that I could do. So, um, kind of going uh, multiple directions there, but like, I realized that, okay, like the highest leverage thing for me was like creating these short form pieces of content. Cause I kept seeing like, okay, my audience is continuing to grow. I'm getting positive feedback. This is ultimately like in alignment with what my mission is and, and what I'm building with my company and, you know, what my ultimate mission in life is and where I want to go moving forward. So, uh, for me, it was like, I got to that point of like, wow, okay, I need some help here. So what did I do? Like I hired an editor that took a couple hours off of my plate each week. I was like, you know what? YouTube, I, I love it. And it's something that I'll come back to, but creating these vlogs is taking a lot out of me. So what am I doing right now? Like I'm trying to run this, this sub three marathon. So I need to prioritize like sleep and recovery and, um, have more time for training. So like, that's what more of my time went into rather than like being up till midnight on my computer and then waking up at 5 a.m. to go for like a 10 mile run and just being completely shot. And I realized after I got my like blood work done, like, oh, like my testosterone, my testosterone levels were low. My free testosterone levels were low. Like a, a lot of some of the health metrics that I was looking at was like for an active 24 year old, like it sh shouldn't be like this. So for me, it was, it was getting to that point of almost burnout. And I, I'm not recommending people do this, like I said, but getting to that point of like, what are, what are the things that you should be doing right now? And then I know you're a big proponent of like, you know, 
delegate, delegate to elevate and like building a team around you, building the systems around you. So for me, like, that's not like, I'm not a, you know, your systems engineer. Like I I've always just been at like, let me just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And having like this team around me now, like I have a, I have an editor, I have my, I'm, like I said, I'm a co-founder of a startup and those guys are very systems oriented, very like boom, boom, boom operator type people that I have been able to learn from and kind of implement into my day. So I've built this system for my life. Whereas like each day kind of has a theme to, to answer like your overall question of like, how do I balance and know what to work on and, and where to spend the most amount of my time? It's like every day I get up at six and I have, you know, from six, uh, you know, 30, 645, seven ish for a couple hours in the morning. I was like, I know like the most, the highest leverage thing that I could do right now is to like try to create really good content. So like, that's what I do in the morning, whether it's like scripting, you, a lot of time it's editing, posting, like something to do with like short form content, because I know that's like, for me, the highest leverage thing I can do. So like, I'll do that first thing in the morning. And then like the rest of the day, it's like, Monday is my admin day. So like I do all the boring shit that I don't want to do or like, you know, set meetings, respond to emails, like all that kind of stuff. I do that on Monday. Tuesday is for me is very much like a creative flow day. And so like I'm able to go and like, yeah, I, I had a couple hours this morning block where I was doing some podcast stuff and getting that up and up and ready to go so that it's everything's ready to go for tomorrow. Also posting a piece of short form content this morning come here for a couple hours, hang with you, get my, get my workout in, do some of this. Uh, the afternoon I have like a meeting or two, but really just like allowing room for like creative flow. But Tuesday, if like I didn't have this, typically I would have like a couple hour block of like, okay, I'm going to go batch some content together. Like I'm going to go film some, film some reels at the gym or whatever. And then I just have them like in my backlog and then I'll get to editing them later in the week. Wednesday, I tend to stack most of my calls on that day. Um, so I just know like those are <clears throat> a lot of the a lot of the meetings and calls with my team and things like that. Like they know for me, I'm like, hey guys, I need to do this on Tuesday. So like don't expect me to answer not, not because I don't care about you guys, but like this is what I'm doing because it's going to help me and in turn is going to help all of us in general. Wednesday, they know like, hey, if you want to have a longer meeting, like I got time on that Wednesday. Thursday is my podcast day. So typically like early on in the morning, like I get up early and I'm editing. Um, and then like around this time, you know, 10, 11 o'clock, like I'll have a, I'll have a podcast episode or maybe it'll be in the afternoon. Uh, I'm setting meetings, I'm building the systems, uh, doing just a lot of podcasts and other like content for that day. And then Friday is again, I have more meetings, um, tying up loose ends, some team stuff, um, leave some time in the afternoon for some like creative work uh, or whatever I want to do there. And then Saturday or Sunday is re Sunday is really like a flow day for me. I, I try not to schedule too much. And then Saturday is like whatever I feel I want to do that day for a project. Like I block out a time from like mid morning to like early afternoon where I'm getting, you know, like three or four hours of like good quality work on something that is like meaningful for me. Like I was just writing a 12 week strength and, and running program. So I had like blocked out, you know, like 11 to three last Saturday where I'm just like, you know, world's off and I'm just like diving into that. But in the morning I did run 
and then uh, cold plunge and got lunch with a friend. So I'm still doing those things, but I'm just making this intentional time to work on the things that I want to work on. And it's different from week to week. What's really been fundamental or, or instrumental for me rather is like, I kind of just have like one to three things that are my weekly focus for, for that week. And if, is, if it's a longer project, it might be two weeks or it might be three weeks or whatever. But like when I was getting my YouTube stuff up and running, it was like, I, I was spending a few hours in the morning that like quiet time where nobody's going to bother me. And I was really building out that YouTube strategy, right? So for me, it is just giving each day a theme so that it's like, I'm really either using the left side of my brain or the right side of my brain. I'm either using like the creative, like flow type part of my brain, or I'm using like the check boxes, tasks, um, just like boom, boom, boom type of my brain. So I'm still figuring it all out. I'm very much like constantly learning and, and, and evolving. I by no means have it figured out. Like even this morning I like got done the one thing I want to do and I was like, ah, what do I work on right now? And it took me like two minutes to just like reassess myself. Like, okay, it's Tuesday. Oh yeah. I have this list of things that I can do that I know are going to help move the, I call them like needle movers. It's like, I have my list of like needle movers I was like, oh, wait, I actually have to get this done. And oh, wait, like, okay, cool. I'm just going to work on this task. So for me, it's kind of like rather than just going into each day blind, I try to set my day up the night before knowing that like, okay, tomorrow's Tuesday. Tomorrow's a content day. Here's what I want to accomplish. Not just from like a check the box status, but like how do I want to like think long-term and what, what can I do to, to grow here? So very long-winded answer, but for me, I think the biggest thing has been setting a theme for each day. The funny thing is that you were talking about like systems prior to giving that long-winded answer. Like the number one system is your time management system for anybody. And as long as you have one, it's better than not having one. Like one is better than zero. So for anybody that just listened to that, don't get overwhelmed by even feeling like you have to, like you might just be getting started. You might not have enough on the plate to be like, I have different themes for different days. If that's you, the recommendation I have is just batching and, and chunking your time, just like Dom was saying. So like if you have videos to record, do 10 videos at a time. Don't do one video one day and then the next, the next day. And then you're, you're basically like, splitting the different tasks on different days. And that takes different types of energy from what I found is the thing that works the best for everybody. The system that you get started with is just a batch. Like if you have similar things to do, take out three hours and like just get them done. Um, and don't, what is it called? Switch tasking. Yeah. Don't switch task where it's like a good example is we're recording this podcast right now. Like I'm going to record the podcast right now, but I'm not going to like immediately take the audio, go into editing, go into clipping them up. I'm going to batch those different things. So I'm going to take this audio. I have a process for the audio. I have a process for what happens to the whole video to get up on YouTube. I have a process for how do I get 10 micro clips from this long form video. And then I have a process for distributing it. So what I do is the next layer of what you were talking about on yours is like you have that initial system with the themes. I then say, okay, I have these themes, but then I have these processes and structures within the system. And what days do those need to get done? Because that's predicated on, okay, my 
podcast goes out on Thursday. So I need to make sure I have certain processes done and that's what dictates on what day the different themes go. So for, not to like continue to harp on that, but I love how you outline that. And then for somebody that wants to go one step further, it's like when you're producing content on a certain day, just create the theme of the day where you know you're going to get it done prior to its release date. Mm -hmm. And then your life gets really easy. It's like, oh, if I'm releasing on Thursday, well, I definitely need to have things done by Wednesday night, but when's the best day for me to get this stuff done prior right. to it going out on Thursday morning? And when life is disciplined and you dedicate the time to having that structure, you actually open up for more freedom. Like Jocko Willing says, discipline equals freedom. As soon as you feel that, like how much better do you feel now that you have those themes and you have those days? Dude, it is, like, I can't tell you how much like mental clarity it's freed up because if you constantly are thinking about like when you're going to get this task done or like, oh, well, I have this amount of time and I have these things that I could do. But if I do this at this time, that'll give me enough time to do that. But what if I want to do that? Like you're just monkey brain constantly thinking about like the next thing you have to do rather than like I have this block of time or I have this day or whatever else I'm going to get to that. Like yesterday I was like, all right, I got this DM and this text and this email that I got to respond to. I was like, I have like I have this time where I have an hour and I'm going to get to it, you know. So I'm not like constantly thinking about it, right? Like so that for me has been so beneficial because I used to just try to like be so re hyper reactive to like everything that happened in my life. And I will even say too, I mean, like you and I are entrepreneurs, so we have a little bit more time, or or not that we have a little bit more time, but like we have a little more. We can be dictative of of where how we spend our time and how we structure our days but for somebody who if, if you have a busy schedule or you know you're working a nine to five and you're trying to start something on the side one like i'm sorry like you have a lot of time on the weekends like that's just like you know I, my weekends still to this day i'm very much spending a lot of the time on my weekends on th working on things that like i'm trying to build moving forward also like time in the morning time in the evening if you take a look at how much time you actually have to give to something and you can still use the give one focus for the day you know if you still work a nine to five if if mondays are like your your day where you need to like research tuesdays are your day you need to outline thursdays are your day to film for thursday or wednesdays are your day to film thursdays are your day to edit fridays or you know whatever i'm saying like figure out how much time you have to give and then just set like a theme or, or set like one thing that you're trying to do today rather than trying to do everything every single day. Wise words from Mr. Dom here. And because we're talking about time management and how we have more stuff to do today, we're going to wrap at that thought. We always end with, in the same way. I ask the guests, like how can people reach you? And then, what is your definition of thriving? But since you've already been on the show, we'll definitely point people in the right direction of where do you want people to go to connect with you? Yeah, so easiest way to connect with me is probably Instagram. It's just at my name, at Dominic Fusco. Um, I'm on basically all other platforms, but that's the easiest way to connect with me there. And then um, building a really cool community on an app called Upspace, which I'm the co-founder of, and I'm excited to 
kind of announced I'm going to be releasing a, uh, you know, my first program on there, 12 week running strength training. We've got about 50 people in the community right now. So come check it out. Come hang. Uh, we have a really cool mission of trying to, you know, help empower the human race, um, through health and wellness. So come connect with me there, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Awesome. Go hit up Dom. He's a wonderful human being and I'm looking forward to somebody reaching out to him saying, I heard you on the podcast. Um, but since you already answered how to define thriving in the previous episode, what I want to ask you, a uh, couple sentence answer to if someone out there is listening to this and you and and you want them to be in that, what was it, 100, what was your goal? 100 million people. 100 million people. What do you want to say to them to get them to be one of those 100 million people? It's a mantra that hit me when I was doing some track repeats last fall training for my first marathon and I wanted to quit and I was every self-deprecating thought was popping into my head who are you you're not a runner why are you doing this like you're not going to hit your goal all these other things and I was like there's no way like I'm going to finish this there's no way I'm going to hit this goal and then it popped into my head find a way and it's something so simple, but it has been like something that I repeat to myself like every day when I have these negative thoughts that are constantly swirling. I was talking like Noah and I went on a run yesterday and we did this like hill sprint, the 60 second hill sprint. And like he smoked me and I was like every negative thought was coming out and in my head. And, um, you know, for I, I just repeat myself like, just find a way, like just keep going. And no matter how much you want to think that like you don't deserve it, you can't do it. Like I, I told myself all those things growing up too. Like I don't have the resources. I didn't have the upbringing, whatever else it was, all the, the bullshit that I would tell myself, there's always a way you just have to be curious enough to go out and like ask why and find the answers that you're looking for. We need to break through this barrier of like the things that we, we feel like we can't do because I don't want to say like nothing's impossible. Like you can, you can do anything you want to do. Like it's not always true, but like if you have a goal in mind, just find a way to do it regardless of like the negative thoughts that you tell yourself that people tell you and just keep moving forward. I love that because prior to you responding to that, I'd already thought about like, what was my biggest takeaway from this podcast? So at the end, I always talk about like what my biggest takeaway is. And my takeaway was that there's no right way. So you were talking about like, find your way uh, to parlay off of that. There is no right way. There's your way. And I think going back to some of the pieces of this conversation around social media and how we operate in very similar ways, but also very different ways, that's what it looks like across the board. So if you're just getting started out there, on your journey, whether it's fitness, health, content, you have to find your way. You have to find it by doing things. You have to get out there and do uncomfortable things like those track repeats to find it within yourself to understand what that way even looks like. You can't do it sitting on your couch. And you're never going to learn what your way is, what that right way is, unless you take that first step. So I hope you listen to this and got motivated and encouraged to just get 1% better, break out that 
notebook and find ways to improve your time management and put, put a piece of content out there. Look at it as art and something that you want to put out into the world with no expectation of anything in return other than you got better that day. Best thing that you can do for Dom and I here is you can share this podcast episode with somebody that you think this would be valuable for them to hear. And last but not least, go give us that five-star rating and review. My name is CJ Finley. This is Thrive on Life Podcast. I'll chat with you next time. Thrive on. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.